I'm Ted Baker, and this is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 68, off-season version. Not too many of those before it's the real thing. We're Zooming with the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Welcome back. Thanks, Ted. Happy to be here, brother. Can you taste it at this point? I did the math the other day. I think it's 70 or 71 days or something to the opener. Yeah. I, it, you know, I think this this type of situation or this routine happens every year, so we you know, we go hard, Ted, and and um, the month of November get, gets pretty crazy for us. There's a lot of recruiting, a lot of a lot of emails, and then you're, you're kind of up early with your team, getting your workouts done, making sure that um, you're in this this mode of strength and conditioning. And so you go from basically late August, you get your fall season underway, and then you sprint through November. And when you get to Thanksgiving week, I, I mean, I don't know how every other coach in the country feels, uh, but I know myself and my staff, we're, we're ready to shut it down in a big way. And it's a dead period for us recruiting and all that good stuff. So, but then as soon as you get back, I mean, we're just, we're ready to roll. And then we lose our guys for another month here in, in about a week and a half or so. So um, we are, uh, we're chomping at the bit and uh, feel as though we've had, uh, a very productive three months together. Uh, love, love the position we're in, both fe- both mentally and physically right now. Um, I think that's one of the biggest stresses of losing these guys for this this holiday break. Is we're we're, we're in a great physically fit standpoint, and we're um, we're in a great mental standpoint. I think we have a great foundation of of how we want to play this game. And uh, we just wanted to hang on. So uh, we are ready, man. And we head down to our coaches' convention, or as uh, my former boss, Bill Tierney, used to call it, the, the masquerade ball um, <laughs> next week. So we will see every other coach in the country uh, and get another reminder of how many people are working, how many people are committed, how many programs there are that want what we want, how many programs there are that 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 put forward their best effort to win in the spring so the motivation will just grow at that point as well so yes yes long-winded way of saying ted we are very very ready last time we talked was right before the alumni weekend and i want to talk about the dinner where you honor the outgoing seniors and bring in the incoming alums or the incoming uh, first years and i i just i know how intense the family is and the feeling is but i told this story at the podium i'm sitting at the table with the family of an incoming first year and they knew who I was. And so I said to them, how do you know who I am? Your son hasn't even played yet. Oh, we, we've been listening to the games. We, we have incoming parents listening to the games before their kids even arrive. Yeah. And uh, one, Ted, that's a huge testament to you. And I'm not blowing smoke here. You do a fantastic job. And, um, you know, there's not one single complaint or gripe from from anybody that listens to our games or live streams them as you know you you do you do it with such great passion and and in such an exact way it's clear you understand the game and and um I think that's a huge benefit to us and more of a landmark of what this tradition um what this tradition provides you you know I think it, it we we don't get your efforts, Ted, if you don't love the program, and you know that obviously happens over uh, a, a long period of time and lots of winning and you know lots of relationships built with players and staffs and and all that stuff. So we we thank you greatly, and you know I think it's also has a little bit to do with um, our landscape of recruiting and and what we need to do here at Hobart from. Uh, a, a process of when a young man commits to when they actually get on campus. We we need to continue to work with 
uh, all that happens in a transfer portal, all that happens from a, a poaching standpoint. I mean, we have great players that commit to come to play at Hobart that we need to continue to make sure are going to come to Hobart. Uh, that's just um, the nature of the business that we're in. It's, it's what everybody's in. So we continue to find these ways and forums for them to know the program better, Ted, and to um, either be at games or listen to them. And so I'm so happy that uh, um, the Weist family, I believe that's the family that you're talking that's about. Right, yeah. Yeah, that were they were able to listen to games. They're such great people, and and Andre's already having a great a great first year season. So, um, yeah, again, the the full circle of this tradition, man. It's a special thing. I always love to hear you honor the seniors. I always said, you know, you'll talk longer about a guy that only saw the field now and then sometimes than the best player on the team because they're all members of the team. They all make their contribution. And one of the things you did this time, you did honor Derek Madonna and a couple of the guys that left for other programs and i know that was kind of a difficult sticky thing it wasn't a pleasant thing so just talk about that whole process uh sure you know i it's uh, um uh what was a sensitive subject for us ted just because i you know i honestly have been thinking about it a ton or you know ever since i had that meeting with, with derek and he decided to go down and play with his brother at richmond and and um you know all all, all all things considered we've uh, I've gotten to a very good place with this so is our staff and and um I, I think a lot a lot of it is a testament to what uh, what this pandemic brought to these young men and and what they experienced um what they had to endure I I still think we're climbing our way out of this thing man I it's just it's it's impacted collegiate athletics and specifically division one lacrosse and what I believe is a um uh, a negative fashion. I, I do. I think it's it's provided opportunity that um, can uh, can get very confusing for some young men and some families. Now, with that being said, um, we were you know flat out angry for a while. We were we you know we we feel like that Richmond game in particular with Derek on our team and in even more so all games played with Derek on our team means we probably win more of them. He's a terrific lacrosse player. And I think, um, but you know, if, if that's as superficial as I am as a coach, then I'm probably a pretty poor leader. You know, I think what stings the most or what stung the most is just how much I cared about Derek and, and how much, we liked having him around and liked having his company. He's just a, he's a terrific player, but he's also a better person and uh, a hard worker. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy that uh, is eighth or ninth, I think on uh, an all scoring list for, for Hobart lacrosse history. And so it, you don't get there without working your butt off. And and he did that. He was a leader for us. He was on our leadership council. He's all these things. So, you know, when you, when you put all those things into a basket and you, and you analyze it impulsively, it, it creates some negative emotion, Ted, but then, and then, you know, we get to this point where we're bringing this senior class back. And I know how close Derek is with Mark Sanad and Brad Simus and Michael Christensen and, and you name that whole class. He's just, he, he was a huge part of it and far be it for me to take away a scenario where we can honor a guy that is a four-year contributor here at Hobart because of one silly or simple scenario where he played for a different team on Boswell Field. And as much as that stung, 
the positives of our relationship certainly outweigh that negative. And, um, you know, we're sitting as a staff and I came in one day, I talked to my wife about it for a while. And I'm like, you know what, what am I doing here? We've got to bring this guy back. We've got to bring that family back. He's a statesman. I mean, he's a terrific statesman. So why wouldn't we honor that? And um, that would be this COVID thing, this pandemic thing, this one year, this transfer portal thing, that would be that whole entity getting the better of me as a leader and a head coach. And I didn't want that to happen. And I love the young man too much. So um, that, that was uh, what what seemed to be a hard decision for a while. Ted ended up being very simple. And it was me saying to Coach Mueller, hey, get him on the blower and make sure he gets back here so that we can appreciate him as a statesman the way we should. After that, you've had another alumni event recently in Boston. Obviously, you have a big recruiting footprint, and and Eastern Mass and a lot of those prep schools are a big part of that. Sure, sure. So we, you know, we go up to this. What what we've what we've noticed, Ted, and you brought up Alumni Weekend. Um, as we get great energy, a great turnout, Alumni Game is you know, such a good time. The the golf outing is a fantastic time. You talk about this senior banquet, but, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the the more recent grads and, and the coach Raymond era of alumni, so to speak. And um, we feel like we've got to get, get it, get a more consistent word or more consistent outreach going to our alumni network so that they can hear about the state of this program. There's a lot of great things happening right now in the Hobart lacrosse world and, you know, the Atlantic 10 conference and athletic scholarships and um, in a broad trip to Greece this summer and, and um, the, the, the grad school positions, uh, you know, we've got three years in a row now where the majority, if not all, I mean, we just talked about the one that didn't, um, they come back to Hobart. So we're, we, there's a great pride in what we're doing right now. And I just think, I think too few people know about it from an exact standpoint. They're, they're unaware of how these scholarships work here. They're unaware of how dynamic this new conference is for this program and, and this institution. So, um, and when we don't see them back on campus a ton, cause this isn't the most, uh, this isn't the most convenient place to visit to Geneva. I mean, it's a phenomenal place to visit, but it, it, you know, it's tough to get back sometimes. So we felt like we had to travel and, and we want to make these staples throughout the course of our year as well, where coach Raymond and his staff goes to Boston. They go to, uh, they have, we have one in Rochester. I know we're going to talk about in a couple, in a couple minutes, but maybe next year it's New York city or Philadelphia or, you know, bringing the knowledge and the info of Hobart lacrosse and where we're at, what we need. Um, from a participation and a giveback standpoint, bring that information to people rather than just having it on our campus or having it in a podcast or having it in an email. Let's be more available so that more people can know about what we're doing and, and then more people can get re-energized to participating in, in an annual fundraiser, an annual giveback. So, yeah, we were just out in Boston, Ted. It was... Uh, I believe Thursday, November 16th, um, we labeled it the state of the program in the New Atlantic 10 area, New Atlantic 10 era. We were right on Newberry Street in Boston. We had a phenomenal venue and a great turnout, uh, about 35, 40 people just, you know, energetic to to hear more, to talk a lot about Hobart lacrosse and, and to see our schedule for the year and then just, um, you know, kind of chip away at the ways that we can give and the ways that they can assist in 
these uh, these areas of growth that we, we we know that we need. But a wonderful event out in Boston, yeah, for sure. Well, it's a great way for you to get the information out, but I think that probably also runs two ways. It's a great way for you to get a look at how people perceive the program and, and where they think you're stronger or weaker and what you need to do. Sure, sure. And, you, you know, there's there's – uh, that 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 constant opinion of of how we're doing things and uh, what we could change, how we could do things better, and and um, and for the most part, Ted, they're all very positive. There's maybe a few jabs here and there that are probably the wrong way, but it's still the participation is, is more important. It really is. I think being able to have uh, you know a different demographic than I see on campus or I see on a more frequent. Um, more frequent level, just meeting more people, meeting more alums, meeting more, meeting more Hobart lacrosse pride um, is, is very important to me. And, you know, I think this, we're heading into season 11 now where, um, you know, I think we're, we're pretty established in how much uh, coach Raymond and his staff love this program and, and how committed we are to, to making it, as good as it's ever been from a division one landscape. And, and we just, again, more so want people on board, want more people um, invested, want more people, um, uh, want more people committed to what we do on a yearly basis. And the only way to really get that going, Ted, is outreach and information and, and making people feel important and welcome to what we do. So tell us about the event on the 14th in Rochester. Uh, yeah, same thing. We got another one coming up. We're going to uh, an alums uh, brewery in Rochester, Casey uh, Dunleavy, on December 14th, which will start uh, around the similar time that we did up in Boston around 6 p.m. And 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 again, it's the it, it's an opportunity to explain what uh, an Atlantic 10 schedule requires. What um, in and out of conference scheduling looks like from a budget standpoint and from a travel standpoint. Uh, so it's going to highlight a lot of these um, new rivalries we're creating in our schedule. We're going to get out information for why this big $300,000 fundraising campaign, why we've established it this year, why this trip abroad to Greece is so important for this program, both for in honoring of our senior class standpoint, just a, a quick side note there, Ted. I mean, this is this is the senior class that, you know, pretty much got um, the short end of the stick from this pandemic or this COVID standpoint, more so than any other class. I mean, they, they lost their senior year in high school, so they didn't play a single minute that year. In their freshman year here at Hobart, they had a half of a season where we just played our conference schedule. They were stuck in their dorms the majority of that year, if not year and a half. And I mean, they stuck it out. They're all still here. They, they, no one left. No one cashed in their chips. Uh, I mean, none of that stuff. They are uh, Hobart statesmen still, and we just feel like, you know, without they, they didn't have another. They don't have another year to, um, to go to grad school to to you know, go here or go there to play another year of lacrosse. They don't have it. They weren't, they weren't afforded that opportunity. So what, what better way to show our appreciation or to balance that field than to take a great abroad trip and to go to Greece and um, play some competition, spread the game over there a little bit, just have a wonderful time as a Hobart lacrosse family. So that's very important to us, but it's also, 
in place to show our alumni network and with more participation, what kind of what kind of impact we can make from a yearly standpoint? You know, that's what these the one in Boston and the one in Rochester. This is the starting point for for that information that. Three hundred thousand dollars is doable. We can do this. We 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 need um, not just a bunch of give uh, like a few big gifts to get there. That's what we've done in the past, Ted. We've had you know a couple phone conversations with Coach Raymond and this. And we have very generous alums. We're we're fortunate to be at a place where um, this great network has gone on and done excellent things in the corporate world and the business structure and in uh, an entrepreneurship venue. I mean, we're we're headed to a brewery that one of our alums created. So, you know, I think these um, these things are apparent, but we we want to get to that place where those big gifts come for sure. But now we have a consistent participation with these little gifts. I think alums feel like in order to be impactful, they've got to give thousand dollars fifteen hundred dollars two thousand dollars now well we'll we'll certainly welcome those gifts as often as they come but we're trying to get people to give a hundred bucks a year twenty five dollars a year you know to 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 recognize that a percentage of um as low as it is now uh we we have on the year on the average and our three biggest fundraising years these last three years ted um our alums give it about a 20 percent rate and um we we believe that's that's um, underwhelming. We we want to be better, and we as a coaching staff feel like we need to do a better job spreading that word and that information. Like I said before, to the reasons why we need a higher participation and what a simple small gift from a participation standpoint will do in the long run. As long as more giving, um, they understand how how great a hundred dollar a year gift can be if it's consistent. So um, that would be like Ted us facing off at twenty percent, right? How successful would we be? Us, you know, clearing the ball at twenty percent. I know those are. Um, uh, strange or or probably inaccurate or s- provide some discrepancies in those analogies for sure. But that's how we see it as coaches. We're at a competitive landscape, man. We're competing all the time. We look at other programs and what they raise. We ask questions about the fundraising that they do and, and want to be as comparable to every Atlantic 10 team as we possibly can be, if not surpass them from a pride and a tradition standpoint, because we believe we have more. We believe there's more pride and tradition here in this program than uh, the majority across the country. And so we just want to reignite that flame, man. We want people at this place in Rochester on the 14th. We want them to just kind of bask in in the, in the Hobart lacrosse glory that they were a part of. Um, we'll talk about how great we used to be for a while and then, you know, get down to business. But it's more so just to hang out. Uh, to to provide more options for alums to be engaged, uh, not just have to get back to campus to feel like an alum. Um, we're excited about the event coming up. Our our development office is working their butts off. Our SAA board, the Joe Corcoran's, Rich Moses, and, and Bill Sherman's of the world are working hard for us. Rafe Mattingly working his butt off for us. So we're excited to have another great event and and to kind of spread this word for uh, this next phase of uh, of Hobart Lacrosse. Well, and if anybody wonders about the power of small giving added together, just go back to last April and the day of donors a million bucks. Yes, a million bucks and I mean there there are there are a couple big gifts there, Ted, a couple. Yeah. You know, the majority of it is um 
a bunch of folks donating 25 bucks, yep. you know, a bunch of folks donating 50 bucks. That's, that's what we got to get to. We've got to get as many people on board as possible. And we know we have them. That's not the, that, that's, that's, I think one of the more frustrating parts is that our outreach has, has just got to improve because we know we have so many Hobart lacrosse uh, members of this Hobart lacrosse faithful. There's so many that, I think I just think they need information, man. I do, and I think that they 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 will hop on board just like they do on that athletic day of donor scenario. You're 100 percent right. So let's talk about preparing for the upcoming season. And as step one, when you get your new guys on campus to see see what you've got, which first years can play big roles, who can start, who's gonna start. At what point do you pretty much know? who you want to have on the field for game one, and, and then you start getting into more strategy and tactics and units playing together. Yeah, I mean, we know now. You know, that we, We've spent enough time with these guys to know um, what, what our best foot forward looks like. Now, what has to happen, as you said, from a preparation standpoint, is they need to go home and work. You know, I think that's the uh, – um, one of the most important parts of the year is, is – who who is your team when they're not on campus in December? Honestly, um, in those first couple of weeks in January, because you know we get back into it, Ted. We have a scrimmage in two weeks after our guys are back on this campus, so um, we, we have those pieces in place. I think one thing we make very apparent to these men throughout the course of the fall is is this is this is your your opportunity here. This is where we develop depth chart, and does it stay stalwart all season long? Of course not. We we leave the door open to all effort and all execution, and we we are going to play those who execute the best as we always do. Um, now there there are lots of different moving parts to 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 format the the foundation of how we will play in the spring. So we we have the the parts to the whole in a pretty good place, but we also like playing a lot of people, Ted, as you know. So. Yeah. Um, we we don't want any everyone to think or anyone to think on this team. Hey, these are our three starting defensemen, and that's it. These are our three starting offensive players or attackmen, and that's it. These are this is our first midfield line and our second midfield line. We, we just that's not the way we coach. We we want depth in all spots and 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 need our guys to know that if you do go home and work over this next month and you come back in the in the physical fit shape you need to be and your sticks in that sharp position it needs to be in then we're still wide open to opportunities and possibilities we we think the growth can never end but um from an evaluation standpoint we have a great idea of what our depth chart looks like right now and um to put those pieces together starts in this next month so a, you know a great a great plan for them in terms of you know, Coach Barry's work as our strength coach and what they're doing on the field with their moving their legs, maintaining weight, uh, maintaining health and nutrition and, and doing all the right things from a routine standpoint that they've done on this campus. Um, and then what what type of work are we providing if it's um, this 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 young man needs to shoot on the run? This young man needs uh, that cross field pass to be more on point. This young man needs to pick the ball up more or better. What, what are the individual tendencies that we can work on if they're, as they're not under our supervision on a daily basis. So um, that's kind of where we're at right now. Right now, it's let's not look too far ahead. Let's not talk about that first scrimmage of Vermont. Let's not talk about the Atlantic 10. We know what we want to accomplish. We've actually spent a lot of time on that as a team, what what our goals are and how we're going to achieve them. But um, 
Right now, it's let's get these guys in a position to take advantage of the day as best we possibly can while they're not here. So we, we want them in that, you know, kind of that Navy SEAL mantra, the only easy day was yesterday, like moving forward, like, you know, don't don't rest. And in those days you need a break, work hardest that day, take the next day off. So if we can get them in that mode of accountability when they're on their own, Ted, then we're going to be able to be in a really good place in January when we get back and establish to that question you asked, established who's playing where for sure. And then, you know, given given that that back end guy or that second tier guy, his angles or his openings, like, listen, th- this is where you can infiltrate our lineup on game, ba- game day. Here's where you can impact. Here's where you can impact. And, and then just grow our depth from that standpoint. So right now it's let's finish the semester strong. Let's make sure everybody is very present when we're around each other as a team because these opportunities are certainly fleeting and then also you know let's make sure finals go well let's make sure uh you know we have we have secret santa coming up next week let's enjoy each other let's do this as best we possibly can and then when you head home for these next four and a half weeks or so let's get to work last year you start one and oh in the league you go to high point lose by a goal you go to st joe's lose by a goal what do you tell the team and what do you say to each other as a staff where do you find that extra 5% or whatever it is that turn those tough losses into tough wins and get you in the tournament? I think in that word, Ted, tough. Like, what, what kind of dogs do we got? I mean, do we got guys that are that are hungry, you know, I, I mean, foaming at the mouth, barking? Because in, in all those scenarios, those are losses. That's all. That's all I see in that season in this league play is we won one game in that league last year. And, and I'm embarrassed, and our staff's embarrassed. So, w- what kind of dogs do we got? What, where, what's the chip on your shoulder look like? You know, the logistics of, I mean, if we're talking analytically, you know, where you win one goal games. And I mean, we could break down those films, Ted, and I could tell you, hey, here's our 5%. You know, right here, this, this guy. Um, we need to cover him better or we need to support the ball better there or the ball movement's not the way it's supposed to be and and our pass count's a little bit low or we're not taking advantage of a couple early offensive sets or pretty lazy in an early defensive set. We could we could break that down. But right now it's like, you know, who who's a dog, really? I mean, who's barking like crazy? Who who's who's hungry? Because we got beat by 10 when we played Cornell. We got beat by 10. When we played Syracuse, uh, I mean, that that's all we got to talk about is the fact that those are losses. Uh, I mean, whether you lose by ten or you lose by one, you lose. And so the 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 getting that that taste out of our mouth has got to be in the hunt, man. That, that's it. Like we we just need hungrier dogs. That's all. We need guys barking and foaming at the mouth to get this thing done. To play at a more ferocious clip to play tougher lacrosse, to to not back down from anybody or have an excuse of injury or midweek game or this or that. So, I mean, the the analytics of it all and the coaching of it all and the X's and O's of it all are certainly very important, Ted. They are. And, and I could tell you in each of those games, you know, a couple of plays where we lost, you know, high point, we've got a guy, you know, 
saving the ball in our defensive end. He chucks it right in front of the goal and they catch it and score. I mean, you know, how could I not have a better coach player than that? That's on me. So I could break down those examples game to game. But the fact is we're five and eight. And in all of those eight scenarios, the only way I see it is we lost them. However we lost them, we lost them. So right now, man, we are training the dog. That's what we're doing. We want guys that are barking. We want guys that are hungry. We want guys that are going to hunt all December long so that we can play a much tougher, faster, um, smarter brand of lacrosse uh, come January. All right, sounds good. That's Greg Raymond, the head coach of the Statesman. You'll find this podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Amazon. And, of course, all your information in Hobart and William Smith Athletics is at hwsathletics.com. Coach, thanks as always. Thank you, Ted. And just real quick, Ted, before we get off, this is going to be the last podcast, you know, before the holiday season. So, you know, we as a staff, if, if we're not going to see you out in Rochester or, or or talk to you here, just want to say, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Uh, we hope everybody has a safe and wonderful time with their family. Ted, you included, my man. Um, just uh, want to make sure everybody enjoys their time with their families this next uh, these next couple of weeks. And uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you on the flip side.